0: Blog Talk Radio. To the Hollywood Boulevard Podcast hosted by Jonathan Moody and Donnie Sturgis.
1: Hey, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Hollywood Boulevard Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody, and as I've been, we have done this lately, I've got Donnie Sturgis with me. How are you doing, Donnie? Good. Hey, hey I'm doing really good. Hey, guys, how's it going out there? All right. Uh, and then we've also got our producer. Alfred Crane on the show. How are you doing, Alfred?
2: Doing really well. Just chilling in my comfy chair with one of my cats. Just enjoying the evening. <laughs> right. Awesome.
1: Uh, so, submitted for your approval of the Midnight Society and the Hollywood Boulevard podcast, uh, we call this story Episode 16, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um, now, growing up, Are You Afraid of the Dark was... Uh, by far, like, my favorite show on television. Um, And this, is like, this beats, like, Full House, Step by Step. All the shows that I uh, watched on Friday, uh, like, this just killed it, you know, because this was what I waited for. It was, like, one of the last things you could watch before you went to bed because my bedtime was 10, you know, and it was 930 that uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? would come on, and I'd watch this show, like, every single night since the time that, you know, every single uh, Saturday night. So, um, I was a huge fan of the show, so I've always wanted to do a show all about Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um, So now we finally get the chance to, and um, first of all, um, I know, Alfred, you never grew up watching it or whatnot, right? Like, you were never, that was not your Saturday night.
2: No, it wasn't, um, but I just watched two two and three quarters episodes to get ready for the show tonight, and I have to say it's... (laughs) I'm amazed that it's pretty darn good. Yeah. All
1: right. Well, that's good. <laughs> if, if you watch, I'm glad, I'm hoping you don't. Yeah. Like obviously, you watch some of the ones that people thought is the good ones. Um, by the way, everybody, we watched, may um, we yeah. Well, go ahead. I
2: was going to say the ones I watched were Vampire Town and Tale of the Secret Admirer.
1: Oh, so you watched the uh, you watched the newer ones. Okay. You watched the 1999 ones. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess those are the ones that are available. Wow. Well, uh yeah, uh those are great ones um to watch. But uh um I think the earlier ones were a little bit better, but uh we're gonna have a special guest hopefully calling in, in about seven minutes or so, so um that can maybe elaborate more on these things. But uh Uh, Donnie, was this something that you watched on, you know, kind of on your Saturday nights? Well,
3: by 1991, when the show came out, um, I was already in 11th grade. So I was probably like, um, I was like maybe 17 years old. So Saturday nights, um, Saturday nights for me, it depends. Uh, sometimes I'd be hanging out with friends, but other times I uh, you know, I, I, I like to stay home as much as anybody else. My Saturday nights often uh would be me playing video games. Like I had I think I think around that time I had a Super Nintendo. Um I used to also watch um in fact it's funny because early nineties is when a lot of uh horror anthologies were around. I mean we had monsters, we had Tales from the Dark Side, we had Freddy's Nightmares. Um, so, and they all, and most of those ran in syndication and ran on the weekends, uh, usually late at night, like maybe like 10, 11 PM, maybe a little bit later than that. So, and I watched all of them because I, I'm a huge horror anthology fan. I love every, I I love almost every single one that's out there. Most of them, even the ones that have, uh, that aren't so great, usually have a a good episode or or two in them. So, um, are you afraid of the dark is one of those ones where I caught it by accident uh, because it was part of the SNICK, uh, the SNICK um, programming schedule. Because they had like other things like uh, all that and all that. I didn't care about any of that stuff, but I saw a horror anthology. It was geared more towards a younger crowd than me, um, but it was still good. Like I, I, I would watch. It. I didn't watch it all the time, but I watched it whenever I could. So I mean, most of my Saturday nights was a combination of things. You know, just, uh, sometimes I rent movies and stuff. But I mean, if if I had the opportunity, I'd always. Uh, and I remember it. I'd always watch. Uh, Are you afraid of the dark? As well, cause that's the show is just the show is just really good. Uh, it holds it holds its own rather well against you know like the the the, the more uh, adult oriented uh, horror show anthologies out there. Yeah, like uh, right.
2: Donnie, I was, um, when I'd be up late after finishing up some computer games or whatever, it'd be you know just catching tales from the dark side and monsters and the Thirteenth, a series, and those. And, but my big show on Saturday nights of seven was Star Trek: The Next Generation. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, right. so yeah. Like, yeah. Things stopped there from '87 uh, the to like '94 whenever the show uh, went yep. off the air. Yep.
1: Definitely. Then, um, oh, I was never into Star Trek myself, so I never got into that. But uh, Snick was Snick was kind of my thing. Like I watched like Clarissa Explains All and all that and uh never got into like pete and pete and ren and stimpy as much um kind of more into ren and stimpy nowadays you know or whatever and pete and pete was always just too quirky for me but um and roundhouse was i I always thought that was the worst like skit comedy show that ever existed (laughs) to me you know i just never got into i don't know if you guys like that Sure, sure i think it was more geared toward adults or like i mean or maybe like older teens for that particular one but Are You Afraid of the Dark was always geared, like, I remember being 10 years old, I believe. Uh, it was 91, so it was, like, 9 or 10. And I was, um, you know, I was watching, uh, like, The Tale of the Twisted Claw, which is, you know, the first one that I got to see. And I think it was, like, a Halloween, uh, you know, because it was a Halloween episode. They actually aired it, like, close to Halloween. And I remember watching that sure. going... Oh my God, this is like because I love the tale of the monkey's paw. So like having that sure. tail, uh, you know, or whatever. That I thought that was cool, you know, and everything. And that they they take the twists of different stories as well as like their own original ones, but they take tales that you've probably heard of, you're probably seen in some way or another, and twist it into a show for for kids, you know. And I think that is sure. that's a pretty neat thing to to deal, you know, to have. I think it's um, one of the great things about that show
3: is, you know, a lot of the younger audiences probably aren't as familiar with the, uh, uh, with the urban legends and stuff. And so this show introduced it to them in a nice, fun, and exciting way. And in a sort of a scary way, um, you know, a lot of, like you said, like the t- like 10, 10 and 12 year old kids might not know about the urban legends or, or, or just starting to become familiar with them, you know, because um, around 91, you know, we had, like when I was a kid, Growing up in the the early to mid '80s, we had scary stories to tell in the dark. You know, the book series that was that was our gateway into myths, uh, urban myths, and 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 old legends that were scary. And I think uh, "Are You Afraid of the Dark?" is kind of more of a '90s version of of scary stories to tell in the dark. Um, you know, basically, but done in a television format for for the '90s kids. So I, I think this I think there's very similar. Ah, uh, parallels between the two.
1: Oh definitely. And like like stuff like the Prom Queen episode, you know sure. um, kind of reminds me of like uh the the ghost of uh was it the I think it was, it was a prom queen, you know, a hitchhiker yeah. girl or whatever, right. that kind of story. And stuff like that. So I, they, you know, they do take the urban legends as well as tales, you know, um and and, and Twilight Zone, I think it's a very similar to because, you know, submitted for your approval. You know, like right. it's, it's definitely got that, got that Twilight Zone feel. But I think you know it's kind of a mixture of all these different shows as well as its own original, unique kind of feel to it. Sure. Um And definitely, my favorite is that they have like recurring characters like Sardo. Um, you know, No right. Mister, Accent on the Doe, which is like my favorite and yeah. ca- one of my favorite guys. And then there's Doctor Pink right. with the ver ver ver. And those guys yeah. are just like those, those are the people that everybody knows and everybody talks about. Right. And so that's something we're definitely going to dive into today on the show a little bit. Um, you know, in a, in a bit. Um, but I guess um, you know, it, it's one of those shows. I, I'm I'm trying to drag the show on a little bit longer until we get to our guests. Um, but um, this show is one of those shows that, like, I think like kids can watch and adults can watch, you know, like they could sit down with their kids and watch it as well as the kids to watch it on their own, you know, and absolutely enjoy it. And, and to me, that's, that's a treat because like, I'm, you know, I'm 36 and I still can watch the show. Look, I have every episode um, and I can watch it, you know, and still enjoy it, you know, um, but i guess let's go into like our favorite episodes my favorite episode personally is the midnight ride it was like a tale of like sleepy hollow uh sure. and that was personally my favorite um what uh, what was yours Donnie?
3: um oh man i can't remember the name of it but i remember seeing it uh a, a few years ago they did a they did a special on uh on um oh, i it wasn't on nickelodeon it was on one of the other Nickelodeon stations, but they for for Halloween a few years ago, probably maybe like maybe like seven eight years ago, for Halloween they did a special thing where they did a marathon of old episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark, and I checked it out. There was one episode I don't remember what it was called, but it was like it was it, there was um there was this girl she was a she was in high school and she was a swimming champion like she like she was part of the swim meet or something part of the swim team and it was like there was the like a zombie of the dead in the pool. Float.
1: Yeah, yeah. There was there float.
3: was a zombie in the there was a zombie in the pool. That first of all, the makeup effects in that episode were freaking amazing for that show. And second of all, that episode was effectively creepy and scary as shit. That was a really great episode because it really that they, they really drove that home, man. I watched that, and then and, and I'm watching this as an adult. Like let, let me let me put that out there. I'm only. Like like I said, like maybe seven, seven, eight years ago, they, put, they, they re-aired this. And I watched it. I had, I, it's one of the few I hadn't seen before. And I watched this, and I was like, holy shit. This, that episode, because I was really impressed with the makeup effects, because I'm like, this is a kid's program, and they got away with, with, with the makeup effects that they did. I was impressed. Because it was that, that zombie was just ridiculous. like that's, I, I'm really surprised they got away with, with allowing that on, 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 on the program. But on top of that, like it was effectively scary, and it just oh, it was so good. I I, I watched that. I was like, holy shit, this is like a high bar. Like this is because, to be fair, as as an adult, I've I've watched a few episodes, and some episodes don't hold up very well. Some are very cheesy. Some are some you know some just don't. They just you know they're 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 clearly more for a younger crowd. But that episode, man, I watched that. I was like, holy shit, this holds up like against anything like on monsters or on twilight zone or any of that stuff. like, this is an amazing episode. Um, so I'd, I'd have, I'd have to say, I think that one's my favorite because that one just really affected me. And as an adult, I mean, that's, that's impressive on its own. Well,
1: our guest has called in
3: right now. Oh, so neat. let's, let's bring him on.
1: Uh, hello. Uh, how are you doing,
0: sir? I'm good. How are you guys? Hey, All we're right. doing good.
3: Uh, <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs>
2: Well,
0: Wait, what was
3: the zombie uh, you were talking about there? <laughs> I'm Jonathan. sorry.
2: What was that? What was oh, the zombie the,
3: you were talking about there? The uh, I I don't. What was the episode again?
1: Um, it was called uh, Tale, "Tale of Jonathan. the Dead Man's Float." Tale of the Dead yes.
3: Man's Float. Oh right. Yeah. yeah. That I, yeah. I I was I was I was just telling Jonathan how I watched it a few because they it was on one of the I think I think it was on the, the Nickelodeon station where they used to show. Um, uh, Degrassi uh, before they before they got rid of that channel, but they did like a it was a Halloween they did a special where they aired old uh, like did a marathon and I had never seen that episode before and I watched it and I was really really impressed with it because the effects on the zombie were really good the uh, the 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 building dread like just that whole episode was just so effective I was really impressed I, that that episode is probably my favorite episode because it was just so well done. It was creepy. But, it, was, it was like it was the tension. Oh my god, it was so good. Well, to the, to
0: the uh, best of let's my let's... To, to the best of my memory, that's the only time we ever actually killed someone on screen.
2: Yes, that's a yes. <laughs> that's well, right. Let's,
1: uh, let's introduce the the guest real quick because we have never said his name. But it's uh, we got DJ McHale here. How are you doing, DJ?
0: I'm great. Hi, guys.
1: <laughs> wow. This is an uh, honor. Wow, this is great. Yeah. Uh, um You're welcome. so uh we were just tell- talking about our uh favorite episodes. This is I'm Jonathan. Uh you uh, interviewed you a while ago, uh for the right. Infinite Corner, but I'm very excited that we're good to have you on here. Uh that's Donnie that you just spoke to and we've got Alfred Crane um, you know, in the uh the background there. So thank you so much. Hello. Um uh definitely uh since you are the creator of the show we wanted to first ask you like basically um how did sh- how did you get like how did you hook the, uh people into wanting to to do a show about kids around a campfire telling ghost stories
0: uh it wasn't it wasn't an easy sell by any means because there was nothing like that on television back then and um when my partner and I Ned, uh we first pitched it to Nickelodeon they turned us down they said it's just too much you can't scare little kids like that and so we thought we were dead at least we thought we were dead at Nickelodeon and uh but I had left behind a three-page kind of overview of what I thought the show was going to be and it got stuck in a file and we came back to Nickelodeon about a year later to pitch them another show and in the interim a new guy had been hired, a guy by the name of Jay Mulvaney, in development. And one of the things he did was he went back through all the old files of things that had been pitched and passed on. And he pulled out my little three-page thing and read it and said, whoa, wait a minute, how come we're not doing this? And he brought it in front of the people. So when we went back to pitch them this other show, which they passed on, actually, um, they said, well, what about that? At the time, it was called Scary Tales. He what about that show? And we're like, oh,
1: okay. So, and then that was that. That's awesome. Um, like, was uh, how how did you like you know get the writers? Like, how did you kind of, uh, you know, get a whole writers' crew together?
0: Well, we we never had a, a staff per se. Um, you're you're talking to the staff right now. Um, <laughs> so what I would do is I would have at the beginning of each season. I would put the call out of people I knew, to agents or whatnot, and writers would pitch me ideas. And I didn't necessarily – so I ended up buying ideas rather than hiring writers. But what I would end up doing is whoever that writer was that came up with the idea, they would then write the script. Um, And sometimes there were very professional writers who had done a boatload of things. Other times there were first-time writers who had never done anything So, you know, I can honestly say that I either wrote or rewrote every word of that show, but that's Mm. what a show writer does. Um, Sure,
1: sure.
0: And and sometimes it was easier than others. You know, with the more professional, experienced writers, there was less that I had to do. It was more just kind of massaging it to make sure it fit the tone and the style of the show. Other times their writers were very green, where I ended up pretty much doing the whole thing. Um, But they had come up with a really good concept that I loved. Um, so it was worth it to me because, you know, but we had 91 episodes and that's a lot of story ideas to come up with. And there's no way I was going to come up with all those. Um, so, so I was willing to work with kind of green writers who came up with great ideas because once you get that first idea, the hardest thing in the world to do is someone to say, write a story, go oh my god you know, <laughs> yeah. the, because the options are the zillion options where do you start but as soon as you get that germ of a good idea then suddenly it's like a seed that grows and it becomes much easier so so i had writers all over the map uh to uh literally and figuratively to uh to write that show but they're all freelance there was no staff everything kind of went through right. me wow yeah uh,
3: donnie do you have any questions you want to ask but actually to kind of, to kind of piggyback on that so so you know you're you've got these freelancers that you're you're kind of you know uh subletting out to to get ideas from so and cuz i know uh a lot of the show is based off of like urban legends and stuff how did you decide mm-hmm. when to when to kind of mix and match like like so I'm guessing, like, in some cases, you know, the the writers probably didn't come up and say, hey, let's do an urban legend, or maybe they did. I, how, like, what is the process, like, where you did, like, like how did you decide whether to, when when to do urban legends or when to do, like, original ideas, or how did that process come about?
2: Well, it,
0: it wasn't as as calculated as that. I mean, certainly, maybe you've okay. heard other interviews or whatever, uh, where in the beginning Nickelodeon had said, use as many – uh, liter not urban legends, but literary antecedents. Okay. To jump off your stories from, with the th- the feeling being, again, they were scared to make the show. So sure. Sure. They they were afraid that you know parents were going to be up in arms, you know, pitchforks at the gate, and all that kind of stuff. So what they said was, if you use literary antecedents, and then people complain, their comeback would be. What are you talking about? This is classic literature. This was done before. Oh, this nice. is not crazy stuff. So, so a lot of the shows, and believe me, it, it's a some of them are very thin connections. Sure. Um, but, but like for example, I'll, I'll give you one example. Um, there was an episode which is happens to be my favorite episode uh, for all sorts of reasons. is called "The Tale of the Midnight Madness." Yes. Um, it was about uh, Dr. Vink who comes to this theater that's run down and falling apart. And he's got this movie that he says, if you play this movie, uh, people will flock to your theater. Uh, and they do. And then Dr. Vink comes back and says, okay, you, your side of the bargain was you're going to give me one day a week to show my movies and the theater owner reneges on it. And then mayhem happens because the vampire comes out of the movie and kills everybody. Um, that literary – that's a Dr. Vink's – people say, oh, it was a Dr. Vink's story. People say, oh, it's a Nosferatu story. I'm telling you what the literary hmm. antecedent was, and it was the Pied Piper of Hamlet. The Holy Pied cow, Piper yeah. A, it's about a town that's overrun by rats. The townspeople don't know what to do. They hire this Pied Piper to come in. The Pied Piper says, I'll get rid of your rats for you. You just have to give me whatever it was. I forgot what the story was. He gets rid of the rats. The town says, nee, sorry, we're not going to give that to you, and he steals their children.
2: <laughs> oh so, man that
0: is the tale of the midnight madness i so, never picked up on that well played well well i mean and, huh. and frankly if someone really complained about it if you said what are you talking about that's the pipe piper Hamlet," i'm not so right. sure that argument would hold water but but it is <laughs> <laughs> that was the jumping off point uh, but other than right. that, uh, as as the seasons went on there was less concern about that and so then i just whatever people came with a good story. Oddly enough, something that happened, and I see this happening again and again and again, just in general in, in entertainment, is that it seems like things are cyclical. They're in the ether. So oh, yeah. in any given year, it would seem like I would get five different pitches for a similar story. Like, what are <laughs> the odds of, of that all happening now? Right? I don't know if it's because there's other things happening in the world or whatever happens to be, but that would happen all the time. Uh, and I'd have to pick which one I, I wanted to do the most or I thought was the best or something like that. So uh, so it really just came down to what's a good story, where where the literary wow. scenes was more towards the beginning. Great. So, um, Al-
1: Alfred,
2: do you have any questions real quick? Yeah. Um, my name's Alfred, uh, um, and um, I would like to ask, look, what are some of your inspirations for coming up with the show? Who are some of your favorite horror authors, movie makers, writers that um influence you and that um you like to um that inspired you to do this. Uh, it's
0: i I have a very eclectic case. Um I don't know if it's good or bad, but it's eclectic. Um <laughs> I I read spook See I am not a horror fan, believe it or not. I, I do not like horror movies. I, I think they're easy. I, I think they're they're kind of cheap in that that you know the scares are are bloodletting scares and whatnot. I like much more of the psychological stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so so a number one up front is Alfred Hitchcock. Um,
1: you know, people Uh-oh. say, you know, how are nice. you able
0: to make a a scary show for kids? And the thing is, it, where with kids you can't necessarily show the real the payoff. You can't right. show the horrible thing. So it's all about what you think you might see versus um, what you pay off. Usually, I mean, you think yourself, when you see a horror movie, all the tension, all the fear is before the icky thing happens.
3: Right. Once right. the
0: icky thing happens, it's like a relief. Like, oh, thank God. Okay, that's fine. right. Um, right. So it's Alfred Hitchcock. The other one, and frankly, I know that a lot of people talk about Are You Afraid of the Dark? about. Oh, this was scarier. Or that was scarier. Or this was a scarier episode. And that's all legit discussion. But I didn't necessarily set out to just to scare kids.
2: There, are you
0: afraid of the dark? More than anything, owes a debt of gratitude and inspiration from the Twilight Zone. And, and the Twilight Zone, where well, they weren't necessarily frightening stories where you're on the edge of your seat. They're always odd twisted what's going on this is strange this is a weird thing that's happening here you know the morality plays or somebody does something wrong and they get you know come up right there were no no monsters in the twilight zone there were no big horrifying deaths in the months in the twilight zone um so really if anything are you afraid of the dark is a modern version of the twilight zone where there are macabre twisted stories rather than just full on scare. I mean, this this show you mentioned, the the Dead Man's Float. Yeah, fine, okay, that was a monster movie. <laughs> it was it was straight out of it. There was a boogeyman in the sure. pool. Um but a lot of them were much more psychological, eerie, yikes, what the heck is going on here? Kind of right. kind of stories. And and that is way more Twilight Zone than, than anything else. So there's so there's Twilight Zone, there's um Alfred Hitchcock and then I owe a, a debt of gratitude to Stephen King. I've always read a lot of Stephen King. And one of the things I like so much about Stephen King is that his stories as as twisted and as frightening as horrible as they are, they're always about very real people.
3: Right. They're, they're Absolutely.
0: References you can relate to. You can it's like, yeah, I can see myself in that position." I could, I, mean, I don't know about going to a hotel in Colorado, but but you know, it it's it, it's very normal people. It's very common. It's it's the bizarre uh intruding on the normal that that i think stephen king does so well and it's not so much it's not only in his stories it's in the way he writes too um it's very accessible and very contemporary so so i think you know i think if you mix in stephen king and alfred hitchcock and twilight zone or rod sterling bing are you afraid and make
2: it for kids it's are you afraid of the dark Excellent. Um, uh, um, I would like to let our people on Radio Land know that it is four minutes till seven. The broadcast will probably cut off at seven, but join us for the final 15 on our podcast on Blog Talk Radio, Hollywood Boulevard, and we'll keep on going with the uh, show. Thanks. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, we, uh, uh, just you know, DJ, that the show is like, you know, 45 minutes, but the first half hour is like live. The rest the last 15 uh, minutes are just extra for us to be able to still talk and stuff. So, yeah. Um, okay, well, you, you, yeah, you can cut uh, me off at any time. <laughs> uh, we, we probably wouldn't want to do that. Now I, I did cut off Donnie, uh, who was going to ask another question. So Donnie, uh, you had something else you wanted oh. to. yeah, actually. Um, cause like,
3: you were talking, you know, initially about how, um, originally they didn't even want the show and how hard it was to pitch the show. And, um, and so you know it was kind of a tough sell and everything, but yet here we are. The show ran seven amazing seasons, um, ninety-one episodes. Um, what do you attribute to the longevity of the show when originally it was something that uh, that that, that Nickelodeon didn't even want? Like, what do you what do you think is is responsible for the success of the show running, running as long as it did?
0: Um, well, well, the, the 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 thing you probably can't draw an analogy to or any or any conclusion from is the fact that Nickelodeon didn't want it because if you had a nickel for every time a show uh, a network didn't want a show that was really sure. good, you'd, right? You'd be a gazillionaire. <laughs> so, sure, sure. Um, so <laughs> I'm surprised that anything ever gets made, ever.
2: <laughs> good, bad, <laughs> and indifferent.
0: different. it It's all logic. Sure, uh, but but specifically, but it did get made. So as for the longevity, I think there there are a couple of of reasons for that. Um, In no particular order, I think that um, one of the things the show isn't is it isn't a comedy. And um, comedies don't age well. uh, Because comedies usually uh, are very topical, they're very trendy, they deal with whatever the sensibilities are of that moment. And, and no matter how great a show or movie is, sometimes you, it looks really dated 10 years mm-hmm. later. So, so I made a definite point of saying, look, we're not doing a comedy here. We're not doing, we're not doing Scooby-Doo. We're not doing goosebumps. Though we were before. Goosebumps. Right. Um, the, the tone is very, it, it's dramatic and, and dramatic shows last a little longer. Um, sure. on, on a very kind of, kind of mundane level. Um, the wardrobe of those kids. I tried not to be trendy. I tried to make them preppy, timeless. Oh yeah. So yeah, you could you could look at them and say, oh god, that's a real '90s thing. But it's not like whoa, that's a that's a '80s looking. Thing. I mean, I'm sure there's bits right. here and there. But but uh, we tried to be preppy, timeless for that very reason, knowing it was going to last. Right. Hopefully, last for a long time. Um. I think also going back to the drama thing, I, I think that there's a real lack of drama for kids on TV nowadays. And sure. uh it's a shame. And I th- I think that's coming around again. Um but it's there's there's room for that. And and it resonates with kids and and all those stories are ki- about kids who have issues in their lives that have nothing sure. to do with whatever the spooky thing is. And they're all kind of Relatable things those kids are all going through, and then they happen to run across a boogeyman at the same time. So, right, so that's right. relatable, and then probably more so than anything else. For some reason, there is a big, huge '90s nostalgia boom. That you know, for me, it was last week. But but right. people probably your your age are are suddenly. Feeling their age, <laughs>
2: <Sure>. <laughs> and they're
0: looking back at a time that was simpler and nice, and and, and so so suddenly it's it's all kind of coming back. Not just *Sorry for the Dark*, but just the '90s in general. There's been such a huge resurgence of of all things '90s. Um, right. So you know, you add all those together, and suddenly uh, people are still talking about it. And, and I like to think it was a pretty good show. Like I heard you mention before that you know not all the episodes stand up, but not all the episodes were good back then. <laughs> but I, oh my I god you heard that yes yeah, so <laughs> the 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 episode oh I, believe me I, I know i i, well, I could give you a list of episodes that i cringe when i look at um sure but I, I always said there's a bell curve of episodes there's on on one end there's some absolutely awesome episodes that i'm so proud of them are so great the other one is the bell right. curve like oh my god I can't believe we made that but but then you know they all kind of fit somewhere and most of them fit somewhere in the middle there of, of being eh,
2: it's okay or oh it's really good or eh, it wasn't as
0: good but that's you do ninety one <laughs> episodes of an anthology sure. show you're 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 gonna spray it all across the uh, the field
3: and 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 to be <laughs> fair that's that's kind of the way it is with all anthologies I mean even Twilight Zone had some stinkers I mean you you look at the you look at the um, the fourth season where they went to an hour long format those episodes don't, don't, don't go very well. I've, I've actually watched a few on Amazon um, and that's the, 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 the too long. There's too much padding. They drag. Um, but even all anthologies, going back to monsters and, and tales from the dark side and stuff. Everybody like it's, it's hard to maintain uh, a constant, like not everything's going to be like perfect. You're going to have dips here and there. And so I think as far as that's concerned, Uh, Are you afraid of the dark? Is counted among all the all the anthology greats. Like you, you nailed it. Like even even with the lesser episodes, like you're you're right there amongst all the giants. Like that's to me, that's that's an impressive feat in of itself. So
0: yeah, thank you. I like to think we hit it out more than we we didn't. Yeah, I mean it's funny. I mean there 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 are some episodes that I literally I just like oh my god I cringe, but then I hear those happen to be some people's favorite episodes. (laughs) and i'm like
1: really <laughs> what, can you give us an example of at least one no, of those God, no, I that you just lie. like okay you don't no, want you don't want to say anything I, I, okay i'd be insulting
0: some of the people that and I, I mean, you have to understand too that that i'm probably the worst person to ask that because i bring a whole lot more baggage to it than sure. than just watching a cold i know the torture it was to make it happen um, sure sure or in other episodes that I'll give you an example of one that is one of my favorite episodes
1: that no one seems to like.
0: <laughs> I can go that way. Um, okay.
1: Yeah. Which, which one is that?
0: One of my all time favorites is is an episode called the tale of train magic. Love that show. I love that, that episode and people don't. And yeah. I think one of the reasons people don't remember it, the the episodes is interesting. Psychological. It seems like the episodes that people remember the most are the ones that have the most iconic boogeyman, because that's right. the easiest thing to remember. Train yes. Magic had no iconic boogeyman. So it just kind of like right. fades into the mist of all shows. But if you have that thing coming out of the pool in Dead Man's Float, or you have the sure, vampire in sure. Night Shift, or you have Nosferatu, that, that, that image kind of comes to your mind. And interestingly enough, when I first started doing the show, I was really imagining it was going to be for much younger kids. And sure. and I kind of said to myself that you know I am not going to put any image on screen that will haunt a kid's nightmares. That went out the window really fast, but, but yeah, it but, <laughs> but, but, did. But but it, but it it does does prove that those memories last the longest because it's an easy visual thing to remember. People remember the ghastly grinner. That's like right. such an iconic yep. thing. Um, an episode that that. I, I'm not particularly fond of, I'll go that far, was The Crimson Clown. I thought that was not a very good episode, but people remember it because they remember that yeah. green, bubble-headed freaking clown thing. So so you, you never know what someone's going to remember in Cotton 2 and not like your like or whatever, and that's, that's, that's horse racing.
1: Yeah. I, I, I liked uh, Laughing in the Dark a little better than Crimson Clown, but both were, you know, different. You know, there were different stories that both involved clowns. You know, one was a clown statue, right, right, right. and the other was an actual, uh, well, ghost clown, uh, yeah. I guess. You know, kind of thing. So, um, well, La- laughing I in the dark
0: to, was know... actually. A... Okay. Oh,
1: no, go ahead. Go
0: ahead. Uh, laughing in the dark was a literary antecedent too. It was. Uh, I forgot the name of the tale, but I remember reading it as a kid about somebody who stole something, like "Give me back my arm" or something like that. And was about oh, kids and dead. Was it a the, toe? Uh, I, I don't
3: yeah, the, it's uh, yeah. Uh, uh, scary stories of tell in the dark. It was basically like, where is my toe? It, oh it, yeah, that's it, yeah, different.
2: It, well, maybe maybe
3: there's just a
0: lot of different versions. I don't remember the toe. I remember it giving back my arm. There, like, well, there,
3: but, there's, but, there's 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 definitely different variations. That's the nice thing about urban legends and stuff like that. There's always different variations of it.
0: Yeah, um, right. Like like the hook on outside the car of a uh, yes, couple making exactly. out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> well, I also wanted to mention like one of the great things about Are You Afraid of the Dark was um, the special guests that they had. You know, um, you know, you got like uh, Melissa Joan Hart in an episode, Bobcat Goldthwait. You know, Gilbert Gottfried all these people that, um, I mean, there's more. I don't want <laughs> to talk about all of them, but yeah. there's some really yeah. great um, special guests. Um, I mean, was that, like, was that something that you think like hooked Nickelodeon to, to doing or was it something you just just happened to be like, well, let's get this person, you know? Uh, it, was,
0: it was actually generally from Nickelodeon because, uh, and I embraced it, because the thing about when you make a show, any show, you, as the as the producer, you're looking for anything that will get the network to promote your show. Now, certainly, the premiere of a new season or the premiere of a new series, they'll promote the show. They'll put on commercials. They'll say it's coming and all that kind of stuff. But once the show starts rolling along, they're not going to do that much. To pro- so you're always looking for something special to for them to justify for them to give it a little more promotion than they would just a regular episode. Um, and so it was really Nickelodeon that said, let's see if we can get some, some notable names in there. Now, certainly, Melissa John Hart was an easy one because she was also a Nickelodeon star. She was in Clarissa Express right. at all. Um, but they gave me a list of people who might be available, and I'm like, yeah, I can write a show for them. Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. It was really fun watching the, uh, the Olympics uh, uh, with the figure skating, Tara Lipinski doing uh, the Olympics. She, she was on an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark?
2: Yes, um, oh,
0: I remember that little girl. Um, so yeah, so it was it, it's it the reason for doing it is yeah, I'm going a little inside baseball here, but the reason for doing it is not necessarily cuz oh, this is going to make a really good episode, which which it can also. But it also is once you get a guest star, it it gets people to it's it's newsworthy or at least promotion sure. worthy that'll help to get more eyeballs on the show so that's really the point of doing that and we got some really great folks um uh so so that was really the, the driving force behind that and there's was nickelodeon talent department who who found them all uh, nice
1: okay this will have to be the last question and then we're going to have to we're going to have to wrap it up um, but I do want to know uh real quickly is there still like this could like a show like this get made now or is it just uh, you know, like an anthology film or, or anthology series, what do you think, like, you could pitch something similar to this, to networks, and they'd be interested?
0: Well, I have two answers to that. One is um, I've tried to pitch shows like that, and I keep getting shut down Um, for the, for the same reason I got shut down originally. You can't scare kids. And, you know, I want to right. say – seriously <laughs> you're telling me I can't have done it for whatever, but it's a, uh, so that's, that's the, the bad side. Um, so I'm not so sure. It's not, you know, never say never It might also, especially with the streaming services. Now, maybe there's a, more of a chance to do it. Um, but up until recently, I, I would say, no, it's a real tough sell. Cause I know, cause it has been a tough sell. The other answer to that is uh, Paramount is developing "Are You heard of the dark movie right now. Hmm. Right. Um, so uh, that'll supposedly be out in 2019. So maybe you can't do it on TV, but you can do it in the movies. So, so, that's, <laughs> uh, so that's a possibility.
1: That is awesome. I'm excited for that because, uh, you know, I'm hoping that they kind of show the same love. I know it's from the IT writers, you know, are, are doing it and stuff or writing it. Um, are you having any involvement in that?
0: Uh to be determined, we're negotiating that right now. Um oh, okay.
1: cool.
0: I, I actually I actually found out fingers about crossed some fans. Yeah, I, oh, I found wow. out <laughs> some fans. People people would write to me and call me and say, Congratulations I'm like, about what? <laughs> <laughs> like, because uh I don't own the show. I, I, Nickelodeon sure. Viacom and all uh, they own the show.
2: Right. Um
0: but then since then Caramel has reached out to me to say we well, you know we want you involved in it so uh so nice. how that's all gonna play out still to be determined but um fingers crossed but yeah in some way in some way shape or form i'll i'll, I'll be involved in the in the movie so that's that's Sweet. that's potentially really exciting yeah I, that's
2: awesome
0: I, I, I my my attitude about doing i mean i'm not gonna yeah the, one one of the writers it is writing it um and what i hope and what i imagine my role would be is kind of the same way my role was on the show in in a lesser extent, and that is i always say i'm the are you afraid of the dark police? I want to make sure that it's true to the franchise that it doesn't go off the rails that it doesn't turn Absolutely. into it doesn't, doesn't turn into goosebumps or it doesn't turn into uh, right, um, right i frankly i'm I'm kind of happy that this guy who who is one of the writers for it is doing it because when I saw it my description of it, it was, oh my God, this is Are You Afraid of the Dark on steroids.
3: Right? So
0: all all sure. you'd have to do is, I could recut that film, throw a campfire at the beginning and the end, and it's Are You Afraid of the Dark.
3: <laughs> so Oh my gosh, so that's I could, true.
0: Yeah, I mean, cut out the profanity, cut out some of the icky stuff, and uh, it's Are You Afraid of the Dark. Sure. So, so, and I think that's why, I think Paramount recognized that too. <laughs> nice. and, and it helps that he well, was one of the writers on the most successful horror film of all time.
1: Okay. Well, uh, how can people reach you? Cause we've got like three minutes left. So we want to just get, you know, get all that stuff out for you. Um, how can like, uh, are you on Twitter or Instagram or anything like that?
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. DC, uh, on, uh, Instagram. I have really secretive, uh, handles though. My, my Instagram handle is, uh, at DJ McHale. Um, my <laughs> Twitter handle is DJ McHale. Uh, um, the, uh, uh, my website is djmichaelbooks.com. In fact, I've, in April, I've got it, uh, a new uh, an audio book coming out, which is kind of this oh, fantasy adventure that I'm uh, just putting the final touches on now. So that's kind of cool. Um, and, and I have a book series out now called The Library, which is scary stories for kids. So uh, nice. if oh, anybody wow. wants to grab those, it's the same kind of uh, – I'm taking my Are You Afraid of the Dark experience and moving into different realms
1: fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. And, uh, I saw, uh, I saw one of your books at the library, uh, for sale, you know, at the library and I thought that was really cool. Uh, I wasn't able to grab it cause it was like number eight of it. Uh, it was, oh, uh, it was yeah. one of your, you know, a so it's kind of weird. I, I don't too. want to grab. Yeah. It's, yes. Pin dragon. Yes. And I was going to grab it. Then I was like, I'd have to get all the, all the rest of them. And you know what I mean? Like it, it just, uh, don't want to do the eight but thank you so much for calling in dude like we really appreciate it Yeah, thank you pleasure. so much it's my pleasure it such an honor. i always love talking cow.
0: dark <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> you guys right. Thanks, okay us.
1: uh and thank you everybody uh join us next week when we talk about friday the 13th um uh not just the series but the, the film series so thank you guys so much Uh hope you guys enjoyed the show yes tonight. thank you All right. okay. thank
3: you I have a and great you- night Yes. Have a good night, good sir. Night. And thank you, L, for watching for listening. Good night. <laughs> Bye.
1: <Bye-bye. laughs> all right. Have a good one. Yes. Bye.